In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I don't know what I was thinking this morning. I stuffed way too much in our outline today. I have five pages, so uh, I'm just going to jump right into it, gals. The Pope is cool with queers, and Trump is coming back to Facebook. We'll start there. I mean, really, we can end the episode right there. We don't really have to keep going. No analysis necessary. Let's start with the Pope's uh, the Pope's announcement. So Pope Francis, he gave a big interview. I think he does like big interviews like this a couple times a year, saying that homosexuality is not a crime, but gay sex is a sin. He brought this up in the context of laws criminalizing homosexuality around the world. And he, he just really wanted to say, let's make the distinction first between sin and crime. He But then he, he also said, it's also a sin to lack charity with one another. So what about that? So currently Catholic church teaching says that gay people should be welcomed into the church, but that the church cannot perform same sex marriages because God cannot bless a sin. The assumption is that, you know, you're going to consummate that marriage, but he did tell bishops practicing homophobia in anti LGBTQ countries, basically to cool it. Like this is fine. (laughs) But so gay, gay, fine, gay sex, not okay. Sure. Like, okay. I mean, I guess it's an improvement. Yeah. Like on previous Pope doctrine, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Catholic Church is definitely uh, struggling to try to find a way to exist in this modern world. Uh, and this is definitely part of that attempt, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's really much giving that like, early aughts kind of like I don't you know where where it shifted from like outright in your face homophobia to like I don't care what you do just don't do it in front mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. or like yeah. just don't hit on me kind of thing hate like, the sin love the sinner yeah like, hate the sin love the sinner which is like but yeah like in a world where people millennials Gen Z are stepping away from church and like finding community on, you know, people before the internet found community in churches and churches did a lot of charity and all this yeah. stuff. And now people are using online to create community and mutual aid and all that stuff that church would provide. So this is, again, like Elise said, right on the head, yeah. their attempt yeah. at modernizing. But as JoJo said in the early aughts, too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is just like a CEO trying to keep his brand relevant. Exactly. But he's, but he's falling short. And it is, this is not an original thought, but Catholicism is, is drag. The stained yes. glass, the yes. outfits, just a major sleigh all around. So it's really, it's really quite a shame. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, 
a gay Catholic wedding would probably oh my gay gosh. people would probably be the only ones who want that long ass ceremony, like the crazy garbs, mm-hmm. like all of that, the smoke, all of that, like. Perfect they would have made Courtney's Catholic wedding, which I thought I didn't love the aesthetic of. They would have actually nailed it. Courtney Kardashian. I should oh, Courtney Kardashian <laughs> and Travis Barker. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you talk to them like they're your best friends. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Meta also announced yesterday that they are preparing to bring former President Donald Trump back to Facebook and Instagram. I had a lot of notes on this, and then I took half of them out because there's not much to say. In a press release, the company said it was putting new guardrails in place to deter repeat offenses because the public should be able to hear what politicians are saying so they can make informed choices, which is just such a funny way to say it. Like you can make an informed choice based on what Donald Trump is saying. They also said basically like the conditions that caused them to ban him, that threat no longer exists which is a conclusion I guess they came to. What I kind of want to hear your thoughts on are, you know, how much do we think that matters? I mean, Trump is welcome back on Twitter, but I don't think he's really like embraced it. And also Facebook has kind of lost relevance in the past kind of like 18 months and, you know, has much less of the market share. Exactly what we were saying with the Pope, (laughs) a CEO trying to make his brand relevant again. Mm -hmm. No one cares. Like, I'm sure people who are going to vote for Donald Trump are on Facebook. Facebook <laughs> is still, I know. Facebook they still are. is like, I'm just like, Facebook still is a relevant uh, yeah. social media platform for that, for like older boomer and also like older people. But I'm, I'm also just like, I don't think anyone's going to be convinced. Like all the right wing messaging is already existed and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's mm-hmm. not like the RNC and Donald Trump. It's coming from yeah. Stephen Chowder, Ben Shapiro, all those, all those Tucker Carlson. So I'm just like, these people are able to hear the right wing voices are the number one voices on Facebook. Yeah, it's not like people are like, let me follow, let me hear it from the horse's mouth and follow what Donald Trump is saying. Like, yeah, it's so yeah. unnecessary. Well, and it's also like he's getting his message out on Truth Social all the time. Anyone who wants to see what he has to say can go there. So it's not like like this statement that like people have a right to hear what their politicians are saying. Totally. And they can access that information regardless of him being on Facebook. What we're talking about is the fact that he visibly used his social media platforms to incite a historic <laughs> attack on the U.S. Capitol building. He did that. And that in, it, it, like, literally studies have shown that his removal from these platforms actually did take the temperature down on mm-hmm. a lot of these things. It didn't solve the problem, obviously. No. Um, which is another thing. Like, we are still experiencing a lot of political violence as a result of election denial. I like. I think it was last week I put in the newsletter there was some guy who lost his election in New Mexico and went and put a hit out yeah, on, like, yeah. all of his opponents. Like, we are not out of the woods on this. But removing him from social media helped take down the temperature. And it was good that he wasn't on social media for the midterms. Mm-hmm. Right. As you, yeah. As you say, they're like in the statement, it says, you know, we, we feel like the threat that he presented has since subsided. It's like yesterday you decided that, like, when did you decide that? What made you decide that? What day did that shift over? Like, I mean, I think you put it perfectly, Millie. It's just sort of like, eh, all right, we can't justify this anymore. And it might get us a headline. Yeah. And I, 
I put this in the newsletter as well, but it feels very like, well, less people are dying in car accidents, so there's no need to have seatbelt laws. It's like, no, the reason that <laughs> there is yeah. less, one of the reasons that we're in a less intense situation is because his platform was lessened. So, like, they actually, the thing that you're saying is the reason he should be brought back on was brought on by him being removed. And this is probably why Mike Zuck- Mark Zuckerberg himself did not like write the letter about this. He had like a public affairs person do it, uh, which yes. was interesting for him. Yeah, their global affairs head mm-hmm, do it mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. which is like it's okay, like Mark. it's like um, how can we get the attention off of us for laying off thousands of people? Let's bring that back, Donald. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, here's a little palate cleanser. A, a nice, a nice creamy palate cleanser. <laughs> Idaho creamy. Oh, not creamy. <laughs> Idaho lawmaker rep. This story will take you for a wild, a wild ride. Um, rep Jack Nelson apologized recently. This is a member of the House of Representatives in Idaho. He apologized for comparing women's reproductive care to dairy cows. So at the very first meeting of the House Agricultural Committee, Nelson, a retired dairy farmer and executive, said to his colleagues, I've milked a few cows, spent most of my time walking behind lines of cows. (laughs) So if you want some ideas on repro and the women's health thing, I have some definite opinions. He then laughed reportedly. He like gave a little chuckle. Listen, we have all had a new job and had to do a weird icebreaker at work. And like, it's never, I admit I'm not always my best. I've had some flops, but I have never compared women to dairy cows. No, I just also, there's something about being like, I have some opinions (laughs) that I'm like, number one, women's reproductive health should not be based on opinions. (laughs) It should be based on science, scientific fact. We're talking about medical stuff. So any opinions that you have based on cows or fish or fowl are not relevant here. Oh my. Like, what do you mean? I have some opinions. Well, two things come to mind. The first thing that comes to mind for me is that as a comedian, sometimes we take big swings and we, and we miss. And I, I, I truly believe that this guy thought this was going to be the funniest thing. Everyone's going to yeah. fucking laugh. No one laughed. It wasn't offensive. It was just a bomb. He just bombed. It was just a bomb. It was just a bomb. He laughed. He laughed his own joke. Who the- hasn't been there? Yeah. Who hasn't been there where you where yeah. you make a joke, it bombs, and you laugh at your own uh, joke. So yeah, I just think yeah. you did a bad joke. And then the second thing that comes to mind for me is that Chuck Nelson's <laughs> fucked some cows. And that's why he has opinions. Yeah. Definite oh, opinion. Okay. You fucked a cow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Idaho, there ain't nothing better to do. Tell me if there's something better to do. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say that, but the word choice is so interesting because I've milked a few cows. Stop there. I've I've birthed a few calves would have made sense here, but spent most of my time walking behind lines of cows. I just don't know mm-hmm. what makes we him know what think. That means. <laughs> okay. We know what that means. He fucks cows. <laughs> I, mean, I, podcast. I really hope you all enjoy our final episode. 
<laughs> I know. Well, first no, of all, let me tell you, okay, the amount of DMs I got for, for you saying, for Amanda saying, oh. I don't know if you heard, Elise, Amanda said that my ex looks like the oh, snap crackle Oh, we're getting a full-ass video made about that. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of DMs that people are... <laughs> On board, they love the Tony. That I'm just saying mm-hmm. that the sub audience wants to hear about which Idaho lawmaker fucked the cow. Listen, and they are. Jack we Nelson, we have allegedly. addressed. Yeah, we said on Monday. We said, all right, we're going to talk about how Simba's hot. I got a lot of DMs confirming my POV, which is that grown Simba is the hottest Disney animal, right, Elise? I th- I I no. I really I'm struggling because I because of. The Robin Hood Fox. And I said, if we're gonna go Lion King, Adolf Kovu is actually the hottest. Oh god. Oh, I'm really glad we ended up here. <laughs> we're gonna always come back here. Anyway. Yeah, well the Robin Hood Fox does. It walks on two legs, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing is he's got pants on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said Robin Hood Rooster has a little pizzazz. Definitely. You know, I'm pizzazz for sure. Not my type, not my twist, but I get it. Exactly. Exactly. So this guy apologized. There's this, there's a little bit of a plot twist here. Uh, He said, the way I phrased my statement about women and reproductive rights yesterday, completely missed the mark. (laughs) Yes. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) I offended others in the process. I am deeply sorry. I I recognize the mistake and commit to doing better in the future. But he went on to say, girlfriend. (laughs) He went on to say, I have always operated and will continue to operate under the standard that the government does not belong in the doctor's office. Yes, ladies, we have a plot twist here. This Republican, Idaho Republican, who introduced himself by comparing women to cows, does support women's right to choose. <laughs> he says that oh. th- that your doctor's, the doctor's office has nothing to do with what you do with your body, but also in like a, you also don't have to get a COVID vaccine way. Oh, God. But, um, this is where I think Millie, I lean towards what Millie said. Like he really was confident because he's like, no, I support them. I support them. The cows and the cow ladies. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess now I do kind of want to understand what conclusions he drew. Like, like, I act, like now I actually do kind of want to know what about dairy cows and walking behind cows brought him to actually the correct place on this issue. Because just, maybe there is. Maybe that's actually a line, of, a logical line that we could follow for others. Yeah, um, we didn't consider a that. A similar demographic. Wow, that is a plot Dairy twist. Dairy Farmers for Choice is a underrecognized faction. Well, I'm yeah. just saying this, the story has it all. It's one step forward, two steps back behind a cow that you Precisely, find. yes. Yeah. You're still always going to be walking. Behind walking the behind the cow. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion, and it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right, we're going to pivot really dramatically to pop culture. Oscar nominations came out on Tuesday, and Everything Everywhere All at Once earned 11 Oscar nominations on Tuesday, the most of any film. So before we get into that, I think that was like everyone's favorite movie this year. I would say mm-hmm. the the acting awards seemed fairly um, like representative this year. Um, the one that I think stood out a lot was that there was not a woman uh, nominated for Best Director. And this happens a lot. It happened with Little Women, too, where... The movie is nominated for everything. The adapted screenplay, um, the picture. All the performances All the performances. Are nominated. And it's like, who do you think made this thing? Do you think everybody just showed up? I'm sorry. I'm Little Women Hive. I thought that movie was fucking incredible. Yes, me too. I loved that movie. But she should have won Best Director for it. She should have. But guess what? Barbie's coming out on my birthday. I know. Barbie's coming out on my birthday. Um, I'm also Little Women High. I'm, and I'm also like, I was deeply dedicated to the 90s Little Women. And so I was nervous. I was like, Absolutely. am I going to like? It was great. It is it is a consistent thing where the Academy will say, this movie had the best cinematography. It had the best script. It had all of the best performances of the year. But the director, not like how could a movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have all of that? But the director is not like recognized Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. it the director you know a person's performance like that you know the actor creates that performance but the director is a part one of the director's roles is to elicit that performance from the actor and to create the environment in which the actor can actually give mm-hmm. that performance speaking of Greta so, Gerwig we've all seen that scene of her directing um how do you pronounce her name Saoirse Roman and in the in the um, the movie before Little Women, like Lady Bird. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yes, um, even yeah, her, but even her pregnant. Uh, well, yeah, that's a, that's also like really cool. Is that she she directed Little Women pregnant in like 
And you can see those those videos of her in that pink jumpsuit, yeah. like wrapped up in blankets outside, telling Timothy Chalamet to be a little bit more to turn the fuck boy degree mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. to a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it was I think it was it was Dana Stevens at Slate who made the point. It was like these movies don't make themselves. And then there were some reply guys like this also happens sometimes to male directors. And it's sort of like, yeah, fine, fine. That's also a weird discrepancy, but like pointed out, like, especially it seems really glaring with something like Little Women and uh, and some of the things and some of the things yeah. this year. Women talking this year, I think, is one of the ones yeah. that like, you know, had a lot of good performances, is nominated for different stuff, but the director wasn't recognized. They also completely uh, snubbed the Emmett Till movie, yes. which Violet is called Till. They snubbed... Um, and Woman forgive King. me, I'm forgetting the actor. They snubbed Woman King. They snubbed Viola Davis's performance, which was like got her nominated across the board on all the other awards. And then this actress, who I'm forgetting her name, who played Emmett Till's mother in Till, that performance was extremely lauded. That movie was completely snubbed. And that one also had a female director. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. Yeah, the math ain't There's bad. interesting discussion. Another thing that I thought was really funny. This is a black Twitter argument, but this one guy was like, women talking is supposed to be about the female utopia, but notice how there's no black women in it or no women of color. And everyone was like, uh, it's in a Mennonite. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These people are crazy. Right, right. It's like, yeah. see what happens in a woman utopia. It's like, that's not what this movie is at all. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's about a women utopia. <laughs> no, at that all. guy's an idiot. Um, yeah. and you know, not to not to excuse a non-diverse movie, but this is one that is about like a five Mennonite women. Like yeah. men have been <laughs> extra in the reply in the replies recently, just as a as a general, as a general point. But um among these nominations that got a lot of Celebration was, of course, Michelle Yeoh for lead actress. So many headlines referred to her as the first Asian actress to be nominated for this award, but others specified that she was the first self-identified Asian or the first Asian identifying person. And I saw a lot of, again, reply guys being like, why are you being so woke? Why are you being so politically correct? Like, what does that even mean? And there is kind of an interesting reason for that. It's because a woman named Merle Oberon, she was a biracial actress who was nominated for this award in 1936, but she did not acknowledge or embrace her South Asian roots. Her mother was of mixed South Asian origin and her father was white and British and she was born in Mumbai. She concealed her background because at the time it wasn't only hard to get work in Hollywood and in movies because of racism, but there was something I didn't know about this called the Hayes Code. Yes. Yeah. That prohibited interracial romance on screen. So it just was not legal for her to have certain roles. Yeah, if you identified openly like as biracial or not white, she it would have closed her out of basically yeah. every potential leading actress. And there were a bunch of like purity aspects of the Hayes Code, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was all about like, because there was a, well, there's a really great podcast called You Must Remember This that talks about a lot of this stuff. Yes. But- the, I think that I got most of the information from a Washington Post aggregation of a, of a podcast episode from that. Yeah, it's um, basically like there was a period of time where there were like no rules and movies could kind of do whatever. And then the Hayes Code came in and made it like a lot. It really tamped down like how sexuality could be portrayed. Mm -hmm. I think there were rules around like how long a kiss could be seen Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. any hint like you you couldn't have any hint of like homosexuality, any of that stuff. And then there was a lot of rules about like 
interracial relationships and how um, people of color, people of different races could be portrayed. Uh, and it's it like held back even like the most famous mm-hmm. uh, like women actresses of color at that time wow. because like they really couldn't play certain roles at all. Yeah. It's just really um, crazy how, I mean, how now people lie about having a more exotic background. And even like when people talk about things like cultural appropriation or taking on a different, like this is the history that Mm -hmm. like, and the reality. Yeah. That's such a good point. People lived. Yeah. Yeah. So how she did that, she basically concealed her background by she, you know, she used skin bleaching, bleaching products. She wore lighter face makeup. She destroyed all of her birth records. She came up with this story that she was born in Tasmania and referred to her relatives, like her mom. And I think maybe her sister, like, traveled with her and lived with her, but she referred to them more as her help. She got a big break and was eventually nominated for the 1936 uh, Oscar for Best Actress for her role as Kitty Vane in The Dark Angel. That film chronicled a World War I-era love triangle between she and two soldiers. Sounds fun. But she was best known for being Kathy in the 1939 version of Withering Heights. And she kept her true origins concealed until four years after her death uh, when somebody wrote a, a biography about her and they and they knew that information. So, And then 87 years later, after Oberon's nomination, Yo became the first Asian identifying woman to win a Best Actress nomination. So that's why you saw those Asian identifying there. And it's just... I, I, I When I saw this at first, I was like, oh, she just... She went through all of that to... It, the context that she needed to be white passing to do anything to literally even not be arrested for doing the job she wanted to do is just, you know, makes you understand the motivation behind what she was doing. And like, really. Yeah. Yeah. Rita Hayworth also um, is, I, I believe she was Mexican and she like, they electrolysed <gasps> her hairline back, which is like <sighs> really, really painful. Um, and then dyed her hair red and changed her name to Rita Hayworth so that she could pass as uh, just a white mm-hmm. woman. Wow. So it, there's a long history of that in Hollywood. Yeah, especially. Yeah. Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, wonder, I, mean, um, I wonder if Yo might like reference that if she wins. And if she doesn't win, I think I'll, we'll take to the streets. Well, I just to say like. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a great film. I think it does deserve everything that it's getting. Um, it really impacted me so de- Like, I don't know. I'm like... And Stephanie Sue, too. Like, yeah. yeah. And sh- her being queer and it being a story about queer, like being a, a queer person in an Asian family, but also just in a family in general. Like, I'm not capable of watching that movie and not like breaking down into tears like a movie. So, so yeah. I'm like... Really, usually the Oscars get it gets it wrong. Yeah, and it just helps me. Like, really, the Oscars so white thing was so like it was just only a few years ago, but it. I really don't think that like this would not happen if we didn't have that no, Oscar so white campaign of like we're really paving the way for uh, important works like. If this came out 10 years ago, it would not have gotten 11 nominations, not because it didn't deserve it, but because that's just where the Os- the Oscars were not trying to recognize yeah. anyone. And in response uh, to Oscars So White, I mean, you're seeing the impact of what they did, which is, I believe, add more diverse voices to the nomination committees. And like, yes, that results in uh, a more representative uh, group of nominees in keeping with the acting award theme. The Razzies 
you guys know about these. Mm-hmm. They're so dumb, but they commemorate the worst cinema of the year. Prior has apologized for nominating a 12 year old actress for worst performance. <laughs> Child actor Ryan Kier Armstrong was featured on the annual list of nominees for her performance in Firestarter. And the Razzie's founder apologized and acknowledged that this was stupid and that they will be sure to only nominate people over 18 in the future. Just I read dumb. their statement and I actually thought it was pretty like the same. As far yeah. as apologies go, it was great. They were like, yeah, we fucked this up. We're an award show that is about, uh, like owning when you fuck up. True. So we are, we're really sorry, but it is like, yeah, you can't be mad at a child actor for being bad at acting. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you, you, some of them are really good and that's cool, but they're kids. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't be mad at a child actor for being bad at acting. Also like with every fucking memoir from a child, act, like anybody was a child actor, they're so deeply fucked up. Their parents are so fucked up. All this stuff is happening. I'm just like, yeah. Whoever listened, whoever made this list was not listening to Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Yeah, and it's yeah. It was not listening to or hearing anything about Jeanette McCurdy. It's like, yeah, yes. If Jeanette McCurdy got nominated for this, <gasps> like, can you imagine what her mother would put? You at know t- what I mean? It's just well, like, that's the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, they apologize. This was definitely men that did this. Like a 12 year old girl. That's really the stingiest time. For someone to say that about you. Yeah. And it's also like, what you mean is that you think the movie is bad because, yeah. which is okay, nominated for being like a bad movie. But at the the thing is like, to go back to the, the role of a director, yeah. if a child actor is bad in a movie, that's on the director and mm-hmm. honestly the casting people. Yeah. Because I really think the key to getting a good performance out of a child is to cast a child that's like pretty close to the character that they're yep. going to play already and like, mm-hmm. yeah, can have shown that they can, you know, cry and do this and that. I don't know if you guys have ever seen, there is a video of the E.T. kid and his audition for E.T. It is so good. Oh my gosh. That like, as an actor myself, I'm like, I will never crush a room the way this kid did. Like we'll it's never literally Steven Spielberg being like, Improvise that they're taking your alien away. Full tears immediately. He's like, not my alien. Oh my and I'm God. like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he was amazing. So it's like, it, it's on the director yeah. and the casting yeah. people and the, the adults in the room. If Just a kid's praise child actors. You never need to, you never need yeah. to criticize yeah. them. And also, just like back to the directing thing. It's like, that child actor, you like working with children in general in acting things requires so much patience and you're going to have to do double the amount of takes to get a elicit a performance. So if a child actor staying is mm-hmm. bad, also it is on the director just to like piggyback what Elise was saying, because it just shows someone did not have the patience to work with a child. Mm-hmm. And if a mm-hmm. child is crucial, like that's why people don't write kids in their shit or like they don't work with them because it's, it is also like, it's another layer of difficulty. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Fuck. And the Razzies, yeah. like, I get it. You know, it's, it's like just you want to like make they fun didn't, of stuff. It's, it's like, like they whatever. never, I think what happened is like it didn't occur to them she would see it. And that's what was dumb. Like, I do like, think so. You know, which like, is it's like, fine. Joke about it in a room together. But like, yeah, which was the fail. Yeah. All right. To wrap up, we have two incredibly on-brand stories out of Florida. And Disney adults could probably argue that they both involve cultural erasure. Walt Disney World's iconic Splash Mountain ride. Sorry, I didn't mean to call it iconic. I copy and pasted that part. 
Uh, sometimes when I rush that I leave embarrassing mistakes, iconic Splash Mountain is officially closed. So the ride is based on the 1946 film song of the South, which has been criticized for decades for what the NAACP once called a dangerously glorified picture of slavery. And I'm going to listen to them a few days after the ride closed. Apparently, like it was a pretty like climactic last day. Apparently it wasn't as packed as people expected, but a lot of fans, people are huge fans of this ride in particular. It's one of the longer rides. Um, a few people were taking some of the water. Like I guess Disney people think that the water is like really special. And then eBay listings oh, began God. appearing that claimed that to sell so water. Sick. That <laughs> is so filthy. That is like filthy industrial so waste water. That is so, <laughs> so sick. Stupid. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if people actually took the water or if people just are claiming to sell it on eBay because like on eBay there, there are Ziploc bags full of Splash Mountain water for um like buy it now for five grand. What are you going to do like, with is it? Is it like they put water in a bag and then sung like a Negro spiritual to it to like bless it or something? No, What's the like no- they, they like the smell or something. Like they just also, think it's magical. Keep your hands inside the ride. Like that's yeah. like one of the biggest rules. Like don't be fucking putting your hands in the water. That scares me that you're going to get like like gear, like chopped right, up that's in how a we're gear. Start something. the next pandemic is from is yeah, from fucking someone fucking drinking Splash Mountain water. Yeah, um, I just have to say that the song Zippity Doodah is so cra- you know, like I yeah. I always like heard it in like lyric I know, video, like, I know. Zippity Doodah, but it's like literally a slave like do 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 everything's great la 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 and like to be on the same yeah like yeah. Just in that same state. And also, <laughs> the thing that makes... I don't know. I've ridden Splash Mountain a bunch of times. The thing that made Splash Mountain fun was not the fucking... First of all, the, <laughs> the theme of the ride is just something to distract you from fucking waiting an hour to mm-hmm. ride the ride. Like, you're in a room full of trinkets and shit to distract <laughs> you yeah. for, from the fact that you're waiting an hour for this fucking ride. The cool thing about this fucking ride is that it's on water, you're in a log, and then you go down a fucking mountain. And, like, it's fast. That is not going away. They're literally no. just removing the bunnies and putting in Louisiana frogs, which, honestly, yeah. maybe in 100 years, will be, like, <laughs> Princess Wait of the was pretty fucking yeah. racist, too. I'm not, I don't, I don't, would not be surprised. You never know. Yeah. But I... I just think it's funny that, like, again, yeah, they're just switching out the singing animals. It's going to yeah. be the, they're going to sing a different song. It's going to be the almost exact same ride. I think they'll probably be able to even keep some of the same animatronics in there. They wouldn't have Absolutely. done this if they can't because they said it's opening like next year. So it's not going to take terribly long. It's, but yeah. Yeah. It's like it, the people who are mad about it are acting like it's this huge. Deal. First of all, Disney rides have closed and just gone away in the past. Well, for the woman like, who you told us named her daughter after the ride, I guess it's yes. For yes, her. I did see a woman on TikTok crying because she named her daughter after the ride, and I was like, "Wait, you named your daughter Splash Mountain?" But <laughs> she named her daughter Briar. Briar has many applications. I ma'am. know you name your daughter after the fucking ice cream company you done. <laughs> Not the liberal Supreme Court justice. <sighs> Well, uh, I'm just also like, I think this is indicative of like, there are a bunch of people who do not like change, who did not think change like this was going to happen in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll just say this. When I was growing up, 
I would go to Islands of Adventure because, again, I grew up in Miami. So four hours to just like to Orlando, I would go to Islands of Adventure and they had like medieval like Dragon World. That's and like those had the sickest rides and all the shit. What happened when I was in high, you know, when I was in high school, when I was in college, they changed it to Harry Potter World. They didn't even have to fucking change. All they did was change some of the signs and paint some of the rides and boom, whatever. It's Harry Potter now. Mm-hmm. They literally yeah. took all the dragon castles and turned into it Harry Potter. It was never that deep. Yeah. It was never about like dragons or ca- it's just like, yeah. oh, what can we do to get people to spend more money? People like Princess Tiana. And honestly, that fucking um, that fucking soundtrack is sick. People love the Princess and the Frog soundtrack. It also makes more sense because, okay, so even though like Louisiana doesn't, isn't mountainous, Mm -hmm. it is, Splash Mountain is in the Louisiana area of Disneyland. So it like, it actually makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. It's like, it's like a complete, it's. It's honestly like a slam dunk as far as a retheme to yeah. deal with and this. Real Disney Splash adults Mountain. would know that. <laughs> yeah, and there are like real Disney adults who don't who aren't oh, mad plenty, about Splash plenty. Mountain and are Probably like, most. "This is totally fine." But it is just funny because it's actually a very, very minor change that thematically makes sense, and the ride is going to remain. Um, like you can actually still get Splash Mountain water. Yes, um, right, right, at true. any time. True. They're it not taking out the water. <laughs> also in Florida, this is a story that has kind of been evolving throughout the week, and uh, we haven't dove into it yet. But three Florida high school students are poised to sue Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after the state education department, of course, rejected a new advanced placement course covering African American studies. So Florida's Department of Education rejected the course last week, calling it a quote woke indoctrination, calling it woke indoctrination masquerading as education, and saying that it pushes a political agenda. So this is a course that the college board has been piloting in I think um, 11 cities and they plan to release the final framework for to potentially broaden it on February 1st next week because that's the first day of Black History Month. They said they're going to revisit the course from the version rejected in Florida. I don't know how much of that they're really going to revisit or they're just, you know, saying that to kind of make parents like, rec- I don't even think parents are mad at this. It's just, just Ron DeSantis because the course does not have any critical race theory as people describe it. What state officials have taken issue with is just course matter involving Black Lives Matter and the idea of reparations. Like, like if you're going to study African-American history, you need to cover the idea of reparations. Like the, the, the course does not itself promote reparations, but it's going to be covered. You can't, you can't leave it out. And the course is intentionally not entirely focused on slavery for the people that created aiming instead to tell the story of African-American history and contributions, like in the context of hundreds of years. So honestly would have loved to have an opportunity to take that class in high school. And yeah, what do you, what do you guys think of what Ron DeSantis is this like bizarre battle he's chosen? Well, it's classic Ron DeSantis. He is obsessed with culture. He, he is staking his entire potential 2024 run on culture warrior shit. So this is a culture warrior thing. Um, like it, it, everything that he's really been doing. I mean, we, even going back to Disney when he like fought with Disney over whatever the, I, ma- what was he mad at Disney about? 
Splash Mountain. They spoke out again. Don't say gay. Yeah. (laughs) He's probably Matt. He's probably got Splash Mountain water in his house. (laughs) He like removed the tax thing too, but it's like they just said kind of in very mildly and very late, like, hey, maybe we can say gay. Yeah. And that fucking blew his mind. Yeah. So, and his, he just recently was doing a thing where he's trying to outlaw COVID restrictions of any kind forever, which is like wild because it's like, what if you need to respond to a different pandemic or like, what are you, whatever. So, I mean, it's very par for the course for him, but it is really, uh, it's really shitty because I think a lot of something we've talked about on here is how inadequate a lot of the history we have learned in school is. I mean, I took AP US history in high school in, uh, and like I learned things that were certainly misinterpreted or glossed over uh, in those courses. In Virginia? Uh, in Virginia, yeah, some strange. They they talk about certain aspects of Virginia history in a very strange way. <laughs> I will say that. Um, and so it's like it is really sad that you know a course that could help not just like black students understand their history, but maybe help white students too who are interested learn a, a more a well rounded picture of what what has built america uh yeah, they don't yeah. have access to that and I also think- he's banning all these books in like so it's just like the education in florida is you is, know is really suffering there's a huge teacher shortage and the more that they do this kind of shit the less excited you're gonna have people to like sign up to be teachers like you're they're already risking their lives they're already like doing all this shit getting yelled at by parents i mean you guys see this week that the super somebody multiple staff members were told that a that six-year-old had a gun yeah i just literally watched the case three people unbelievable administration and then they're like oh it's the end of the day it'll be fine and then that kid got shot that woman lawyered up and that woman's gonna get a lot of fucking money from the school board which is great for her but it's also like money taken away like it's just like all these fucking people i don't know I, i i would just say this about ap classes the purpose of it is basically if you take an ap class in high school and you and you you pass the test you can get college credit for that. So it is a great way for people to take college level classes in high school and also not have to take that in college. And some people, especially where I came from, strategically did that so that they could only go to college for three years or two years instead of four and save some major money. Um, But for a, a school to even have enough like resources to have an AP on it, like it's totally up to the student. Like, it's not going to be a mandatory thing like an African American studies like that's such that a good point. Means, yeah, this isn't yeah, like, a mandatory class that every 12th grader is going to be in. No, my school that was mostly black and latino um did not have that ma- like when I heard when I went to like when I heard the 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 offerings of AP classes in other like my school had AP history like very basic AP classes like only really affluent rich schools have an offering that's like diverse so I'm just like not everyone's gonna even have the resources to have African-American studies also like for them to not include Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter has been is a major part of American history and is like really a litmus test of like 
how something can shift in just a few short years. Like the origins of the Black Lives Matter movement traced back to 2012. I can, okay, can you imagine like even me being in high school in 2007, 2006 and not learning about the world, you know, 9-11, be, mm-hmm. you know, that was 10 years, like that was 10 years ago. Like, and that's the same thing of like this major American thing that affects history now took place in 2012, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, it's just crazy to not include that. But again, like to them, critical race theory is anything that talks about race in general. Uh, it's also it also is funny because of the critical race theory of it all, which number one, this class didn't teach critical race theory. But number two, critical race theory is a college level thing. Like that's what it where it exists. So it actually would be appropriate in a college <laughs> level huh. course. That you're, like it actually would be appropriate yeah. to be included, but that it's not included. And it's also like how valuable for a student to take a historical perspective and look at a world event that they remember or mm-hmm. that they like were a part of and to mm-hmm. take a look at the origins of that and to pick that apart like there's actually so much like learning value to that that is just you know obviously Ron DeSantis doesn't want that learning value to be added for students in Florida he just wants them to learn that like the Civil War happened. Slavery was ended. It was states all good. Rights. Yeah, this it was about states' rights, but then kind of as a weird byproduct, slavery was ended. Um, <laughs> and then um, in the 1960s, we had the Civil Rights Movement and it solved everything. And that's like what he wants kids in school to learn. And that is what kids in school pretty much learn now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just bizarre that if in this country you can have an AP European history class that it would fit to have an AP African-American studies class. We did great on timing for all of those topics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is our show. Stay tuned for next week. We have some big announcements about the show. All exciting things until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tavares. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.